Okay, guys, I know y'all tuned into another episode today of Hot Takes with TP3. Before we get things started, um, we got a quick word from our sponsors. The first sponsor of today's episode is Prize Picks. I don't know if y'all are familiar or not with Prize Picks platform and how it works. If you download the app and you use promo code TP3BETS, you will receive a 100% instant match deposit of up to $100. So you deposit $100, you get $100 back. Let's say you deposit $50, you get $50 back, and so on and so forth. Um, how it works, guys, you pick two to six players, and if they'll go over or under their projections, more or less, um, you get up to 25% or 25 times your money on that. Let's say tonight you want to pick Luka Doncic to go over 28.5 points, LeBron over 7.5 rebounds, Dalvin Cook over 86.5 rush yards, and let's say you want to go with Jameis Winston under 205 pass yards, something or other like that, guys. It offers a ton of sports. That means you can have NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football. The list goes on, on, and on. They even have tennis, NASCAR, Anything you could possibly want, it is on there. I promise, guys. Prize Picks is available in your state. Download the app to check and make sure it's in your state. Once again, use code TP3BETS. It takes about 60 seconds to pick everything and deposit. It's easy withdraw, easy deposit. Once again, use code TP3BETS if you want to sign up for Prize Picks. Guys, our second sponsor for today's podcast is Alloy Sports. Look, I know a lot of y'all have listened to our podcast for a long time, but y'all are probably wondering by now where I get my stats and trends from. Well, if you want to build winning systems and use trends and stats like I do, download the Alloy Sports app. The app, the link is in my bio on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at TP3Bets. Go click on it. Download it, guys. I promise, guys, it will help you guys bet like a pro. If y'all want to use the same trends and everything I do, download it now. Alloy Sports, once again, that's A-L-L-O-Y. S-P-O-R-T-S, Alloy Sports. Y'all go download it and give them a listen. How's it going today, guys? We're back here live in the studio for the episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Once again, I'm your host, Thomas Penland, joined by none other than Ben Gorwitz. Ben, how are we doing today, my guy? We're good. We're good. Week's uh, almost over. Shout out my mother it's her birthday today so happy, happy birthday, birthday mom damn it's my mom's birthday on the 10th so our moms are not too far apart two days yeah we won't give away any mom's age so we won't find out if they're close in age or not but with that being i'm sure they would not appreciate that if we did that <laughs> um with that being said though guys on today's podcast unfortunately i mean there is one college football game we'll talk about it briefly um, but we're going to go over observations, and then we're going to get down to our NFL picks, assuming me and Ben both don't have a pick for the college football game. Ben, you ready, man? Let's do it. Let's do it, brother. Um, ben, take us away. The Dr. Pepper Challenge during the halftime of Georgia LSU SEC Championship. Were you were you by your TV? Were you, were you watching Un- it? Unfortunately, I was. So they tied. The two girls tied. They went to an overtime. They tied again, and then the announcer's like, because of a tiebreaker off camera, this girl wins. And you get like 100, I think it's 50K through student tuition. It, um, you know, it goes a long way. And then the internet just decided to bully the hell out of Dr. Pepper. And so they ended up getting like, after backlash, they were like, screw it. We'll just give the 100K. We'll give both girls, either both girls got 50K or both girls got 100K. Um, I just thought it was hilarious. And I thought it was just so fun to talk about, like, like people, you know, we obviously watched the game multiple days ago. So it's just to revisit that moment that there was a tie. And the announcer's like, yeah, because due to an off camera, probably rock, paper, scissors battle, Brittany, Brittany gets the, 
the student tuition. I thought that was funny. Um, let's get to real football. TCU lost, but they are still in. We obviously know the Final Four. Did you have any problems with it? Probably not, no, right? No, I mean, we talked about it yeah. multiple times on here. 100% one of the four best teams. Um, yeah, if if people want to foreshadow, I, I'm very in on this TCU team. But I'll get into the nitty-gritty numbers um, when we do the Final Four preview. Uh, but I'm all in on the TCU Horn Frogs. Um, the Utah Utes, they do it in back-to-back years. They beat their top contender twice in the same season. People and myself always talk about it. it's tough to beat a team twice. Nobody does it in more recent history than Utah. Yeah, um, that was an, actually like an insane game, honestly. Just the fact that, you know, I feel like that Caleb Williams definitely got legitimately hurt, and once that happened, he couldn't really yeah. run around anymore. And from there, they were blitzing him like crazy. Yeah, I mean, I just want to say this, Ben. We were all over Utah. We both picked them to go to the Final Four. I mean, obviously, they didn't get to the Final Four, but that was a damn good football team. Damn good football team. It's crazy. I don't know his background, but it's crazy that no no one's trying to poach Kyle Whittingham. I don't know if he'd want to leave, though. I think he's a, either an alumni or he's – He might be. That's he what has I'm saying. ties I don't know to his school, history. I know, so like he would never want to leave. He's easily a top-10 coach in the sport. Absolutely. He's had this much success, and he's doing it at Utah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of smaller schools, though, this one's even smaller. Deion Sanders. Congrats to Deion for getting a D1 job. He's going to Colorado. Um, yeah. So my initial thoughts, I mean, obviously he went there because they're going to give the NIL money, and they're going to do things that they haven't done with past coaches where that they're actually going to uh, – you know, like really like they're basically so Colorado is more of an academic school. So they're going to lighten up their academic requirements and they're going to let more students in there and whatnot. So this is kind of like the perfect situation for Dion here. But, um, you know, it's a really bad program. That being said, though, they play in the in the in the Pac-12. I mean, I don't know. Losing I, UCLA and USC. Yeah, I mean, I probably would have rather seen him go to South Florida, but. Can't hate on him. He's at a D1 program. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely bigger than the South Florida job, the AAs, the American Conference versus the Pac-12. Um, I think it's interesting. I'm, you know, I think you can – he's going to be able to recruit, and he's he's probably going to be able to do it fairly quickly because of the transfer portal. Um, I'm interested to see how he can recruit the big boys on defense and on offense. I think you have to, you have to build through the trenches just because you have good playmakers on the outside and a dual threat quarterback, which I believe is going to be his son. Uh, If you don't have the guys to block for him, I I think you're in a world of trouble to be honest with you. So um, I'm interested to see what he can do. He's really, he hasn't failed in any part of his life. It seems like he's the best or if not Mm -hmm. one of the best, Defensive backs to ever play in the NFL. He's a college football legend. Um, and he's been a good coach. It doesn't matter how small the opportunity may have been. He's he won at Jackson State. So um I'm I'm interested to see what he can do. Obviously, Travis Hunter is gonna follow him, his son is gonna follow him. So uh, we'll see what he can kind of put together. It's it's exciting for him, no doubt. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. Ben, what did you think about his interview where he basically said, I'm bringing my bags with me in there, Louie, and he was basically, it wasn't like a, I'm going to turn the program around. It was basically a y'all are sorry, hop in the portal type uh, type greeting. I think he could have been said a little bit better, but that's what I appreciate about Dion. He's authentic as they come. He's mm-hmm. going to gonna tell you like it is. So 
if I was a if I was a student athlete, I would prefer to know my situation before going into it. Hey, if I'm not going to play, maybe there's another school that I can play at. I think he could have said it differently, but like I said, that's Dion being Dion. Um, it listen. It, let's not act like they have talent to win at this school right now. <laughs> there we go. So who's who cares if you hurt these kids' feelings? Like, no offense to them, but like they just won one game or two games in college football. Like, I think it was one. Dion ain't Dion's not putting up with that. So. Um, yeah, I, I, like I said, I'm excited, uh, to watch what he can do. Yeah, no, I didn't have a problem with it either. I mean, come on, y'all won one game. I mean, it's not like you're out here winning, like getting bowl eligible. If you're bowl eligible, maybe, but like, no, you guys were piss poor all season long. What do you want him to tell you? What do you want him to do? Pat you on the back and be like, we're going to win. And no, he was like, you're not going to play. Go ahead and pack your bags. Georgia dominates. Michigan dominates. Were you impressed with either performance or just kind of what you thought was going to happen is what you saw? Yeah, I think it was more so that. I really kind of felt like both teams went through. Don't get me wrong. Both teams covered, so technically they exceeded expectation. But I kind of felt like that both teams just kind of went through the motion. You know what I mean? Like, is Michigan was never really in danger of getting a game from Purdue, just like Georgia, you know, First came half, in. It was close, but it was controlled. Yeah, exactly. Like, you were never like, oh, shit, like, Georgia, you know what I mean? Like, we weren't ever, like, worried about them. I mean, don't get me wrong, but Georgia got off to a little bit of a slow start than that return uh, blocked field goal for a touchdown really opened things up for them. But all in all, I really wasn't surprised with the way those games went. And I think that – I wasn't. I didn't come away thinking any differently of any of the teams in the games. Speaking of Georgia and Michigan, this is the last uh, observation for college. We know the Heisman Trophy candidates. Uh, the 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 football players going to New York is Stetson Bennett, quarterback of Georgia; Max Duggan, quarterback of TCU; C.J. Stroud, quarterback of Ohio State; Caleb Williams, quarterback of U.S. U.S.C. Let's first. Talk about, do you feel like anyone got snubbed? And should they just call this the Davey O'Brien trophy, which goes to the best quarterback in the country? Um, Considering the fact Devontae Smith won it a couple of years ago, I probably wouldn't call it the Davey O'Brien just because we did recently have a receiver win it. And I don't think it's outlandish to see that we could have a running back or receiver win it again. But honestly, I am a little pissed off at Stetson Bennett's here. I mean, don't get me wrong. Georgia was the best team in the nation two years in a row. Stetson Bennett played pretty well. But 3,425 yards passing, 20 touchdowns. I mean, my guy Hinton Hooker had 3,135 yards passing, 27 touchdowns. I mean, he's second in the nation in QBR, Bennett's sixth. I mean, don't get me wrong. He missed one game. If Hinton Hooker had played in the season finale – who knows how many more he would have had against Vandy. Joe Milton lit them up. I mean, he probably would have had 30-plus touchdowns. I thought it was a little disrespectful to not give Hinton Hooker the invite. I thought he earned it and he deserved it. And I think that – I mean, let's be honest. I think that college football really just hates Tennessee. I mean, we heard – I can't think of what the commissioner's name is. He wouldn't even mention their name when he was talking about them on TV. I mean, it kind of feels that way. So, I thought Hooker should have been there. But other than that, I didn't have a problem with it. Yeah, he uh, – Stetson – 11th in the country in passing yards, 20th, or I'm sorry, tied for 42nd in the country in passing touchdowns. He obviously does run the football a little bit as well. Um, sixth in QBR, uh, obviously sixth is very good, but when there's all quarterbacks going to New York, uh, he's also efficiency. 
is obviously probably one of the most important categories you can get. He's like 23rd in the country. Um, I think everyone else has more of an impact on their team's winning success than, than mm-hmm. Stetson does. I think Blake Corum's winning, uh, Michigan's winning success is more on the shoulders of Blake Corum. I think Bijan Robinson of Texas is the same. I, I don't have a problem with it because he's not going to win the award. So I don't really care who gets invited. Like, c- congratulations. Stetson Bennett's going to New York. What, what are you going to hold a banner for that? Like, the kid's going to win back to back national champions championships that I think that's a little bit more important than getting invited to New York. Um, so I don't have that much of a problem with it. People can argue all the ones like why is Stetson there? It's like, what, what's the point of arguing Hendon hooker versus Stetson Bennett? They both weren't winning the award. Why am I going to argue a third place finisher? Like who cares? Good point. Good um, point. I, you know, if, if there was a snub, I think Blake Corum, Blake Corum missed one game. So, yeah. See, yeah, that is a, that is a good point too. Same kind of same thing with Corum as I just it, think snubs are kind of stupid unless you thought the guy could actually win the award. Like Blake Corum wasn't winning the award. Hendon Hooker wasn't winning it. I don't yeah. think Stetson's winning it. So. If they didn't if they didn't lose that game to South Carolina, I do think he would have won it. So I don't know if that really matters for anything. But awesome. I don't know though. You just kind of like to see guys finish strong. Um, three in the NFL, real quick. The Bengals have won three straight games against the Chiefs, but Joe Burrow is defeated. He has not won a game against the Cleveland Browns, and that's who they play this week. Are you more shocked he hasn't won against the Browns or that he's undefeated against the Chiefs? More shocked he hasn't won a game against the Browns. But to be fair, the Browns have probably had their most stout roster since he's been in the NFL, but it still is kind of surprising he didn't beat them last year. Yeah. I mean, listen, the Browns have had a good defense. Um we know the Bengals' struggles since drafting Burrow have been protecting him, and the Browns over the past couple of years have been able to rush the passer better than most teams. Um, so not that shocking, but you know, to not beat the Browns in three tries or four tries, whatever he's tried so far, is a little shocking. Uh, being undefeated against Mahomes doesn't shock me as much because Joe Burrow is the biggest gamer that we have in football. Maybe other than Brady, like a younger Brady, but like. When the brights are when the brights are all, uh, shining the biggest, the the most, whatever I can't talk right now, the <laughs> brightest, uh, Joe Burrow tends to shine. Aaron Rodgers, do you remember the quote when he said, "I own you" to the Chicago Bears fans? I do. That holds true because he just won another game in Chicago. Yeah, talk about a bad beat, man. I was on the Bears in that game. Not only should the Bears have won this game, but they for damn sure could have covered. I mean, talk about a bad beat. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, is it a meaningless win for the Packers since their season looks like it is? Technically, they're still alive. So Yes, technically, they're still alive. Um, just, what do you think about Justin Fields? Are we going to ignore the fact that the Bears can't close games when their offense has the ball? Um, or do you think it's still like a wait and see? At least, at least they're playing close games, kind of thing. I think Bears fans are, you know, he's got this nickname. Have you heard the new nickname for Justin Fields? What is it? Fifty-eight minute Fields. <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah, I don't okay. know. I, I I think I'm still in the wait and see. I think it's I think it's a positive that he's able to keep this amount of, amount of games close with their defense. But you'd like to get it. You'd like for him to get a couple game, like at least one game winning drive. He's had like four or five chances. Well, the first thing I know, if they're going to call him 58-minute fields, might as well just go ahead and trade him over to the Falcons because we seem like the 58-minute <laughs> Falcons. But um, 
I'm going to give him the benefit of the nice. doubt here. His number one wide receiver now is Chase Claypool. His number two is Equinarius. I don't even know if I said that right. St. Brown. So, and his offensive line is graded the worst in the NFL. So, I mean, it's not like that they exactly are putting pieces around him to win. Then on top of that, you trade away his two best defensive players. I mean, I would say they've done him no, no benefits. I feel like Justin Fields is honestly like LeBron when he carried that trash team to the, to the NBA finals. I feel like that's Justin Fields trying to carry this team, except he's more like the, uh, He's more like Bradley Beal when he can't carry the Wizards to the postseason. <laughs> Putting up the numbers, but doing nothing. Last one here before I go over records of last week, which they were ugly for me. Um, sad news to report. My boy Jimmy G is – he may not be out for the year, but he's got the Liss Frank injury in his foot, so he's going to be out for at least seven weeks. Uh, I'm a big Jimmy G guy. I, I don't understand every, every year people want to replace him. With someone we don't know it's good or, or bad. We just like his athleticism, mm-hmm. strong arm. I feel for Jimmy G, man. Um, just can't catch a break. And he's got some he's got some weird injuries. These aren't like he, you know, he like broke his thumb, he played for that. He tore his ACL. He's he's now has a foot injury, like a fractured foot, I should say. Like it's a lot mentally to get over, and all this does all this dude does is win. Uh, I love watching Jimmy G play. I think Kyle Shanahan likes Jimmy G as his quarterback. But uh, Niners moving forward, are they going to play this season out with Brock Purdy? Like, what are we doing here? They have Super Bowl aspirations, and Brock Purdy is is not winning you a Super Bowl. Um, and he so, didn't look bad. He didn't look bad. He didn't look bad, but he's not winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, so actually, Ben – there's a chance Jimmy G can come back if they can get out of the, get to the second round of the playoffs. They're saying they think he can come back. But on top of that, I don't know if you saw the quotes or not. Basically, George Kittle, Kyle Shanahan, yeah, Debo Samuel all found a different way to say the kid's got some balls. He is now called Big Cock Brock. But um, <laughs> I don't know, man. Look, call me crazy. This kind of reminds me of when the when that the uh, Eagles were able to go to the Super Bowl. You have probably the best roster in the league outside of the quarterback position when you think when you break everything down i mean if brock purdy can can play the way he did on sunday i mean i think they can win up until they have to go on the road to win a playoff game at philadelphia so i mean i don't think they're that dead in the water i mean if i feel like ben if there's any year for a third string quarterback mr irrelevant like brock purdy to be able to win playoff games for you it's this year where all these teams are just so like middle of the pack i feel like it's the cowboys the 49ers and everybody else you know what i mean i mean even look at the cowboys they were able to win so many games with cooper rush and they're throwing the ball so i don't know i feel like they're definitely not dead in the water i think with a coat with an offensive coordinator as smart as kyle shanahan and when you have christian mccaffrey and debo to hand the ball off to you can do a lot of things with that yeah they gotta stay healthy um they they gotta stay healthy uh you know christian mccaffrey mm-hmm. can obviously get hurt quite amount um they can't lose a guy like Kittle because he's such a good blocker, but we'll see. I we'll see. We'll see what Brock Purdy can do. Uh, let's move on. We'll get to probably picks here in a second. Records last week, I, it was disastrous for me. Um, oh for three in college football. Um, you went three and two in college football. Did you get screwed by that Clemson U, UNC over? I did. That was one of my two yeah. losers. Um, Crazy, bro. I went, Two and two in the NFL. You went one and two in the NFL. Forgot to calculate the total records. What they do? Uh, it's on my computer. We'll 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 roll that into the next into after this week, and I'll get okay. everyone the overall record. We're still above fifty percent. Um, I'm ready for picks this week. Did you have anything else? 
No, let's do it, Ben. Let's get down to it. Okay, guys. This is what you guys have all been waiting for. Me and Ben's bets. It is uh, First of all, Ben, real quick on Army-Navy. Look, guys, laid it out for you all plenty of times. The under in Armed Service Academy games, it's 49-9-1. It's hit the last 16 times these teams have played. I would be all over this. The total was at 32-and-a-half. I have better things to do than sweat out an over-under of 32-and-a-half in my, in my, on my Saturday. I will say this. It is a great game. Some of the best tradition in all of college football. If you're just a good old-fashioned football fan like myself, you'll watch this game for fun as a fan, and I might slide in a live bet with the total ever gets to 40. Anything you yeah, want to say I on that game? To, no, I got nothing to game. I'm obviously going to watch the game. It's uh, it's a great game to watch. It's one of the best games we have all year. It's it's incredible that it gets the standalone game that it does. And uh, no, nah, I got nothing on the game. I'll just I'll just root for a good game. Same here. Um, I'll actually I'm going to root for a nice live betting opportunity on the under. Um, anyway, <laughs> let's take things over now to the NFL. Um, Ben, I'll uh, tilt the cap to you. You go ahead and uh, get things started for us. Yeah, I'm going to go. We're going to talk about Brock Purdy first here. I'm going to go Bucks and 49ers under 37 and a half. I know it's a low number, but the Bucks games are 10 and 2 to the under this year. Uh, they have a great defense, a really solid pass rush when Vita Vea gets things going for them. And I think they can just disrupt a, uh, a, a young quarterback who's going to be making his first start in the NFL. So I'm going to go under 37 and a half. The Bucks offense has just been abysmal all season. And the 49ers defense is also fantastic. Um, I'm actually going to piggyback off your pick here, Ben. Instead of going in rotation order, I'm going to go on the 405 window and hit this game as well. I'm all over the 49ers minus three. It's a max play for me. Look, I know I'm a big trends guy. I actually don't have any trends. This is purely a football matchup for me. I mean, guys, just look at what the Buccaneers have been doing. It is an absolute disgrace. I mean, the fact they're even first place in the division, it feels like nobody can even win this division at this point, how bad everyone's played, but that's besides the point. I mean, just look at this, guys. Okay, they beat a god-awful Saints team. They lost to the Browns in overtime. They did beat the Seahawks overseas. They beat the Rams by three points, the Rams. Then they lost to the Ravens. They got lost 21-3 to at Carolina. They lost 20-18 to to Pittsburgh. I mean... They even lost to the freaking Packers over this stretch. They got embarrassed by Kansas City. Beat Oh, they beat the Falcons off of Jerome Boger's horrible call. This team is not good, guys. The fact this spread is within three, I'm all over the 49ers here. I mean, Brady's missing four out of his offensive starting offensive linemen. The only one he has is Donovan Smith, who gets called for like 20 holdings a game. Well, he good luck with that, buddy, because Tua just got eight alive with both his left with both his starting tackles out. I see the exact same thing happening again. I mean, this is the best defense in the NFL, like you just said for the 49ers. It's no crazy trend here, guys. This is just simply a football matchup. I know it's Brock Purdy's first start. It's Kyle Shanahan, the boys at home. I think they win this game. I really think that this is going to be a blowout. I don't even think we're going to be sweating this one. I'm going to go my sick. You want to go? Or you want me? No, no, you got it. I'm going to go my second pick. Um, I'm going to go to a game I think you are going to be talking about, but we have different plays on it. The under in the Vikings at Lions games. This is the most talked about game all season. Why are the five and seven Lions um, favorite? Did they go from underdogs to favorites? No, it started out as a pick and now it's at minus two for the Lions. Yeah, so everyone's like, why is this? Uh, Thomas will tell you why. I'm going to go to the under. We have a gentleman by the name of Ron Torbert 
He's an NFL referee. He is the most successful referee when it comes to the unders in his game. Now, this is a scary under to take. At one side, you look at it and you say, the Lions defense is horrible. They are horrible. They're 27th in the NFL allowed in uh, passing yards. They're 21st in points. 31st in red zone efficiency. Justin Jefferson's on the other side. Listen, it's a hold your nose under it's 51 and a half that's a lot of points everything has to go right in this game the lions love to run the football the vikings average they're like 15th in the league against the run if the lions can't run the football i think we see a lot of punts from the jared goff offense um it's also a divisional game divisional unders i forget the stat thomas i, I don't know if you know it off the top of your head but divisional unders is the most successful trend that you can bet in football um, especially when they're after week 10, it's like after week 10, they're over 60%. Boom. Give me the under. It's a hold your nose one. Definitely is. But I mean, think about it. These teams are probably going to go for it on some fourth downs. We know their coaches like to gamble. I mean, they go for it twice in the red zone on fourth down. That takes at least six points off the board. That could be the huge difference. 50 is a lot of points. Like Ben said, guys, Ben, you've grown so much as a co-host, man. You're just setting me up on these. Ben's throwing me the assist. Once again, I'm all over the Lions minus two. This is my second favorite bet of the week. Another max play coming from me. Look, I think the bookmaker's in his bag when he gave you but the Lions at minus two. Every single person's going to look at this one and just be like, oh, I'm going to tease the Vikings up. I think that the Lions win this game by double digits. I think that they're going to take every single sucker. I mean, just like they did on the Cowboys game. Unfortunately, that's one of the suckers. Kirk Cousins is 3-9-1 and one against the spread in games on the road where that the spread is from minus three to plus three. Um, On top of that, teams with a win percentage of 70% or more are 14, 23, and 1 against the spread since 2016 when listed as the underdog. Also on top to it, that's to a team with a losing record. Also on top of that, guys, Jared Goff is Jared Goff might be the uh, might be Kirk Cousins' um one o'clock twin. Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff is 25 13 against the spread when he plays at 1 p.m. And also on top of that, guys. Um, the Lions are nine and zero in one score. I mean, not the Lions. The Vikings are nine and zero in one score games, and they've been outgained in pretty much all of them, including last week as well. I mean, this just feels like the get right spot for Goff and the boys. I think the Lions keep rolling and win this game. All right. So my last pick was going to be Jags plus four. I'm gonna hold off. I haven't placed it yet. I'm gonna hold off on it right now because. Trevor Lawrence is questionable to play in the game. I believe he is playing, but I I can't I don't even know who the Jacks backup quarterback is. I ain't betting the Jacks without Trevor Lawrence. CJ Bethard. I ain't betting the Jags without Trevor Lawrence. Um although he wasn't horrible for the 49ers. No, he was not, but that was also with uh Kyle Shanahan. So he's taken like Peterson three plays though. He's taken, I think, like five snaps in the NFL, or thrown. Like, I think he's thrown like five passes without Kyle Shanahan as his as his uh, so, head coach. Yeah, so I'm gonna hold off on Jags plus four. But if Trevor Lawrence plays, that's my pick. I'll give. I just have one more lean. Um, it's actually the the biggest game for our podcast because it's your boy toy versus my boy toy. It's Justin Herbert, who you love, versus mm-hmm. Tua, who I love. So I'm going to take the over in that game. I think it's 50, 51 and a half. Okay. I said that was a lot of points in the Lions game. Both these teams sling the rock like no other. The Chargers can't really stop much. They have a pretty good pass rush. 
The Dolphins' offensive line is uh, a little be- beaten up and bruised. Tua's coming off the worst game he's played all season. I think he bounces back. And uh, listen, I'm a believer that Tua is better than Herbert. Tua is favored by three in this points. Um, it's a team game. It's not it, – you just made, like, the biggest eyes. Like, I have a quarterback that's in the MVP race. You don't have a quarterback in the MVP. You have a quarterback that's going to miss the playoffs – like he does every single year. God, I wish they. I wish we could get Justin Herbert and the Mike McDaniel offense with Tyreek Hill and uh, Jalen Waddle out there. Except if you Her- hype. Except if Herbert had them as his receivers, want. they'd both probably get hurt. All the hypotheticals you want, Tua is better than Justin Herbert. Um, he's going to prove it in this game. There's going to be a lot of points in this game, so I would lean the over fifty-one and a half. I'm probably going to play it, uh, and then if Trevor Lawrence plays, give me Jags plus four. I'll okay. put both on my. I'll put both on my record for the podcast, and then if Lawrence doesn't play, I'll take it off and add. The, so I'll have three plays no matter what. Okay. I do. Four. I do like that one. I almost dipped my toes in the uh, in a little Chargers plus three and a half. It actually, Mike Williams just got just practice today, so it just dropped yeah. half point. Um, I got two more still, guys. Um, one of them Ben is also going to be on. It is the Eagles and the Giants under forty five. Um, yep. pretty simple handicap here, guys. The under in Meadowlands is 17 and two in the last 19 games. So whenever the Giants play a home game, it goes under guys. Um, basically, I mean, I kind of think of this as like the Eagles versus the Texans and the Eagles versus a lot of these other teams. They're just gonna come out and run the football a lot. Um, the Giants have cluster injuries at wide receiver. We know they can't really throw the ball. They're going to try to run as well. Jordan Davis was back last week. They held Derrick Henry to 20 yards rushing. So just feels like a total under game for me. And it's back to our 60%. Divisional. Yep, divisional yeah. unders after week 10. So we got all that going in our favor here. Last one for me as well is another 1 o'clock play. I swore I was going to play less, but I just like this one too much. I'm taking the Jets plus 10 here, guys, at the Bills. Look, I know it's a Bills revenge game, but – I don't think this Bills team is covering doubles here, guys. Look, Mike White and the Jets, they average 26.8 points per game when he plays quarterback. Both these teams have de- are in defensively and offensively are top 10 in DVOA. That Jets numbers, though, you have to use the non-Zach Wilson numbers to get there. The Bills are also 8-2 and two to the under in their last 10 games. So I think the fact the Bills have been playing a lot of under games and the fact we have a lower total in this game makes me like getting 10 points even more. But on top of that, I think this game is lined this high. Like, I think this spread should be a little closer to seven. And I think this game is lined so high solely because you have two different data points with the Jets, data points when they have Zach Wilson in there, data points when they have Joe Flacco, I guess three, and data points with Mike White here. So I think the data is a little skewed, and we're getting a bargain here on the Jets with Mike White in there. I think the Jets cover this thing at plus 10. I mean, Sauce Gardner is going to be on uh, Stefan Diggs, so look for Gabe Davis maybe to go off in this game. But I think it's going to be a tight game. I say the Bills end up winning this thing by like seven to like four points. I mean, listen, Mike White. Um, I think it's tough to to not back him until he until he kind of proves us wrong here, right? Yeah, I mean, he was a Braxton Berrios drop in the end zone from covering, and they and also they gave up two deflected interceptions game where they outgained the gained the Vikings by two hundred yards again. Yeah, that's been a huge trend for the Vikings. Um, outgained and still winning games. So I don't know. This is interesting. The the Vikings line, Vikings lines line, we already talked about it, but it's one of the more interesting lines I've ever seen. I just think that like I really think that like it's the same thing that we saw in the Cowboys game. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying the Lions are on the same level as the Cowboys, but I feel like the Lions are a team trending upwards here. And the I mean, I think that like let's put it this way, Vegas could have left this line at a pick'em 
and they could have still got the same amount of action they're going to get in the Vikings. Why is it on even it a pick them, though? At plus two. That's, I mean, so technically on power rankings, it should be Lions minus two is the correct line according to power rankings. I think that this game just screams a 10-point loss for the Vikings. I think they're going to get absolutely smacked in this game, and I don't think any teasers that involve the Vikings are going to hit either. I mean – could be wrong, but I'm just saying, like, this game just screams to me that they're begging for people to line up and bet the Vikings, you know? We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Hope it goes under 51 and a half. Hey, I hope that we both hit, Ben. Let's get this cash. Um, those of y'all following along with us, please bet responsibly. Ben, you ready to get back at it next week with some bowl games and more NFL? Absolutely. Bowl season's tough with all the sitting outs and, and coaches leaving, and mm-hmm. but – We'll do our research. Yeah, we'll do our research. We'll hand you all some winners. Appreciate everyone who tuned in, and we'll talk to you all again soon.